right, well, obviously, Pastor's not here. Um, the only update that I've heard is that he's home. Um, I don't really know much more than that, so we'll just keep him in prayer. Um, obviously, he needs it, so uh, let's go ahead and start out talking to the Lord tonight. Dear God, uh, just thank you for this opportunity to be here this evening. Lord, uh, I just uh, pray that you just speak to your people tonight, Lord. Um, anything that I say is going to be futile, but God, I just pray that, uh, that your Holy Spirit will just talk to hearts tonight, Lord, that you'll just fill this room, Lord, that we can put the world aside and God just commune with you tonight. Lord, we love you and we thank you in Jesus name. Amen. All right. So this evening we are going to go to Acts. Let's go to Acts chapter 20. We're going to talk about a guy named Eutychus. Acts chapter 20 and in uh, verse number 7 we'll start there. Would help if I got there too, right? In Acts chapter 20 and verse number 7, it says, And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued his speech until midnight. And there were many lights in the upper chamber where they were gathered together. And there sat in a window a certain young man named Eutychus. So I was reading through this, and this is the only place in the Bible that talks about Eutychus. Um, we don't know a lot about him. We don't know what kind of guy he was. It says he was a young man. Um, we don't know if he goes to church all the time, if he doesn't. We don't know if he was young enough to where his parents dragged him to church and he was just kind of there. Um, we don't know if there's just nothing else going on that night, so he decided to go hear Paul talk for a while. Um, we don't really know much about Eutychus. All we know is that he came to this place on Sunday, says the first day of the week, to hear some preaching from Paul, right? So he was in a place that he should have been. Um, but then it says, back in uh, verse number 9, it says, Being fallen into a deep sleep, as Paul was long preaching, he sunk down with sleep and fell down from the third loft and was taken up dead. So I've heard this preached a lot of different ways, right? I've heard it preached that that he was in and out of church, he wasn't paying attention, right? And he fell asleep and fell out the window. I heard that Paul preached way too long and was long-winded and caused him to go to sleep and he fell out the window, right? Um, you know, I mean, it could be it could be any of those things, right? Uh, but I think what's important here is that he fell asleep, Um you know, just because we're here tonight in church, because our bodies are here in church, it doesn't mean that we're spiritually here, right? Um, you can come to church and you could sit in the pew and you could sing the songs and you could read your Bible and you can close your eyes when you pray and and it doesn't mean that you're you're spiritually here, right? Um, before I taught this, I taught this in junior church a couple of weeks back, and before I taught it, I asked all the kids. I said, "So if you had..." Any place that you could be this morning, it was a Sunday morning, would you have chose to come here? And I think that's a question that we all got to ask sometimes, 
right? Like, are you only here because you're supposed to be here, right? Are we here because, you know, the family's here and so we're going to go with because it's the right thing to do? Or, or are we are we here because there's nothing else going on in Ridgefield on Wednesday night, right? What's What's the reason that we're here? And I didn't ask for a show of hands or for them to answer that question, right? That's just something that we got to think about. We got to check our heart on that. What are, what are we doing here? Why are we here? Um, people fall away from church all the time. We've seen it happen. Everybody in here has seen it happen. Um, especially teaching downstairs. You see kids turn into teens, turn into adults, turn into being gone, right? We see it with the adults, too. It's not just the kids and the teens, right? Adults could be a pillar in the church, and one day they're just gone, right? They fell out. They fell out of the church. Kind of like Eutychus did here, right? He fell out of the church, fell out the window. Um, the reason Eutychus fell out was because he went to sleep, right? Eutychus fell asleep. Let's go over to Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 13, the Bible says, But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. I don't know about everybody else here, but I know that I, to my shame, have wasted some days. There's been some wasted days being spiritually asleep, right? Do you remember being a kid and try to stay up late and maybe you try to realize that that exact moment when you fall asleep, right? Anybody ever try that or am I just weird by myself? Okay. Just, just checking. But you're trying to, to pinpoint that exact minute, right? That exact moment when you fall asleep. And you can't do it. Because it happens so fast, right? There's clues that come, right, when you're getting tired. You know, your eyes get heavy, you start yawning. Kids get all wild and crazy when they're tired, right? Um, but there's clues that happen that this sleep is going to come. But the the moment that you fall asleep, you don't ever know that moment. Um, You don't know you went to sleep until you wake up, right? When you wake up, you realize that you've been sleeping. Eutychus here, he died when he fell asleep, right? He fell out the window and he died, it says. He died when he fell asleep. Now, for us spiritually... We're not going to die if we fall asleep spiritually, right? We're talking about a spiritual thing. Not If you fall asleep in your pew, you're not going to keel over and die, right? But if you fall asleep spiritually, it's not going to kill you, but it's going to kill that relationship that we have with God. Um, we all know that once we've accepted Christ as our Savior, that 
our salvation is eternal, right? No matter how far away you get from God, praise the Lord, you're not going to lose that salvation. But you can lose that relationship. That relationship can be killed by us going to sleep. The Bible says that we're supposed to be doers of the word, right? You can't do a whole lot when you're sleeping. Um, sometimes I feel like I did a lot when I was asleep, and I'll wake up, and it seems like I ran a marathon, and I'm all sweaty, but I'm still just laying in my bed, right? Like, I didn't do anything. I thought I was doing a whole bunch. I didn't realize I was sleeping. I was being chased or chasing somebody, or and I wake up like, oh, and you're out of breath, and and then you realize, oh, I've just been sleeping. I didn't even do anything, you know? Why is my heart rate through the roof and, you know, my pillow's all wet? Sorry, it might be too much, but <laughs> but sometimes, you know, you think that you're doing a whole lot when you're sleeping, but, but you're not, right? You ever seen a dog sleeping and it thinks it's chasing something, right? And it's just, it's moving a whole bunch, but it's not going anywhere, right? The Bible says we're supposed to be doers of the word. And you can't do a whole lot when you're sleeping, Right? That's exactly what the devil wants us to do, right? The devil wants us to think that we're doing stuff, right? And that we're still in it, and we're still in the fight. But he just wants us to sleep. Have it be for naught. He wants us to fall, like Eutychus falling out the church, going to sleep. But, you know, we have a say in it, right? Um... The devil's not one that's just going to hog tie you and knock you out and make you go to sleep, right? We have a choice. As we're going along, there's little decisions that we make. We like to blame it all on the devil, right? The devil got me. You know, he did this and did that. Well, where did he get you, right? What path were you on when you got got? Um, where were you going? What were you doing? I'd love to blame all those wasted days on the devil, but... I can't do it, you know. He's sly. He's tricky. Yeah. But we have a say in it. We get to we choose what comes and goes in our life, right? We get to choose what we allow to come in. We get to choose where we go. We get to choose what our our mind is stayed on. We get to choose. The Bible says a lot of things that'll cause us to fall, right? Let's go to Proverbs. We'll read a couple of these in Proverbs. We'll start in uh, Proverbs 11. We'll go there first. Proverbs 11, 14. It says, where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. If we can't listen to, to brothers and sisters in Christ, right? If we can't listen to good godly counsel, we're going to fall. Where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. You know, it's it's good if we can learn from somebody else's mistakes, right? Yep. Um, it's a lot easier said than done because, of course, you know, we're human and we're prideful and, oh, that happened to them, but that'll never happen to me, right? Or, oh, they don't know exactly what I've been through. 
The Bible says, where no counsel is, the people will fall. Let's turn a couple pages over to, or maybe it might be on your same page, 11.28, Proverbs 11.28. He that trusteth in his riches shall fall, but the righteous shall flourish as a branch. That's an easy one to do. That's an easy one to trust in. Trusting in riches. When everything's going well and you don't got to worry about the bills being paid or about how many hours you work, and it, it's real easy to to get content and think that you don't need God, right? It's real easy to to think that you've done so much good on your own and you've acquired this wealth or these things, and and you don't really need God for much. You know, God, I'll, I'll get a hold of you when when I really need something big, but other than that, I got this, right? Like my life, my life's pretty good. I got this. It says you trust in riches will fall. Let's go to seventeen twenty, Proverbs seventeen twenty. It says he that hath a froward heart findeth no good, and he that hath a perverse tongue falleth into mischief. You know, the way that we talk will make us fall. Our speech, I've noticed a lot, work different places. We get into conversations, and it all starts with talk. If you let that go, man, before you know it, you're just down a really bad path, right? The way that we talk, the way that we talk will cause us to fall. Let's go to 2814. Twenty-eight, fourteen says, "Happy is the man that feareth alway, but he that hardeneth his heart shall fall into mischief." Man, that hard hearts—that's yeah. a big one. That's yeah. a big one. I taught on that quite a bit down in junior church about the hard heart. You know, God wants our heart soft. He wants it moldable, right? Yeah. But the older that we get, mostly adults in here, right? The older we get, the more stuff that happens, kind of the harder our heart gets, right? It's not that, that soft, young, innocent heart like the kids. It, it gets harder. It gets scarred up. It gets hurt, right? Um, gets hard. I'll say it anyway. So down there, I likened it, right? I said, you know what, kids? I said, you don't want to have a hard heart. It's like a, like an old dog turd out in the yard, right? The longer it sits there, right, and it's just baking in the sun, it just gets all hard, right? They love it. <laughs> Every time I'm bringing up the hard heart, I just got to use that little little imagery right there, and it, it brings it right back, right? But the hard heart is a, it's a real quick way to fall. God wants that soft heart, that heart that that's seeking Him, that heart that's that's careful, that's wise, that's that's looking out for all these tricks that the devil has, right? right. The heart that's going to keep you awake. Yeah. Let's go to sixteen eighteen, Proverbs sixteen eighteen. It said, "Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Being prideful will cause you to fall." 
I was talking with Gabriel about this the other night, and I said, you know, pride's the, the biggest sin of all, I think. And he was quick to correct me. He said, you know, no, Dad, no sins are bigger than the other ones, right? Because he's wise. And he's right, you know. Sin, sin to God, but pride is that, it's that gateway, right? It's the one where all the other sins come from, I think. I'm not saying if this is a doctor and somebody could correct me later on if they want to, but I think that pride is, is where all sin comes from. I think that pride will cause us to fall quicker than anything else. You know, the devil's busy. He's out there and he's working, right? He's busy. He's out setting stumbling blocks and he's out setting snares and he's trying to trap us and trick us up and and he's out busy. The Bible says a lot of things about snares, right? About getting snared up. Like I was saying earlier, it's easy to just say, oh, the devil got me, you know, he snared me up, fell into this sin, fell out of this. But, but you know, we gotta, we gotta watch out for those things, for those snares. To snare something, you guys ever watch those survival shows or am I the only one on that one? You don't have to say yes or no. Um, anyway, so I'll watch these survival shows, right? And people are always trying to snare their food. They want to snare a rabbit or snare a squirrel or, or whatever they're trying to catch, right? And these snares, I mean, you gotta be tricky, right? There's a certain way that you got to set these snares. Most of the time they're going to find a, a nice, well-traveled little trail, right? A trail that's got no resistance, right? It's the one that the animal's been on over and over and over. That's where they're going to set that snare, right? The easy path. path with the least resistance. The one that maybe all the other animals are going down all the time, right? It's going to be a good spot to set that snare. Then you got to bait it, right? You got to bait it. Got to put some food in there. Trying to catch a fox, maybe put some lady fox smell on there or something, right? You got to entice it. To get something to get in that snare, you got to to make it appealing, right? You got to make it, you got to distract them with something. Right? Maybe they're hungry. Maybe they're after, after a mate. Maybe they're, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be. But you gotta make it appealing. You gotta make that animal distracted to where it's not thinking about hazards or dangers, right? Devil's good at that. Distracting us, right? Stuff that, that we think about and we we just put what we want first, right? Maybe we want to we just want to go that path that everybody else is on, right? Good place for for that snare to show up, right? And then you know it's got to be camouflaged. You're not going to put a big neon sign that says snare, right? The devil's not going to do that. It's got to be camouflaged. It has to be has to be hidden, right? It has to be somewhere where we're not going to expect it, right? You can't see it. And then it's got to be specific. You're not going to use a 
a rabbit snare to catch a fox, right? You're not going to use a, a squirrel snare to catch a bobcat, you know? Well, snares are specific. And that devil knows all these things, right? He's tricky. He's wise. You know, a snare set for me isn't going to catch Mike Nemeth, right? It's a Mike Perry snare. got to be specific for for what he's trying to catch right he's got to know the the habits right the habits of what he's trying to catch you know we all like to say oh well, this won't happen to me right i'm always on the lookout if there's a snare oh i'd see it you know the devil's not good enough to trick me i'd I'd see that snare if he set one up. Well, it, it don't work that way, you know? A lot of times we're just going through this, this Christian life, and, you know, we get a little tired, start getting sleepy. Yeah. Next thing you know, we get snared up. And then we're wasting the days, right? Won't happen to me, though. Right? Our pride kicks in. That won't happen to me. We hear stories of everybody else. Oh, that's, that's too bad that, you know, so-and-so got, got trapped up. Or, or, oh, that's too bad that person fell over there. But it's not going to happen to me. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry, I got dry. You know, I always thought that too. Won't happen to me. But it does. Fall asleep. Fall asleep. Don't know you've been sleeping until you wake up. Praise God for the time that you get to wake up. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 7. Proverbs chapter 7 and verse 21. So we all know this passage, right? This is talking about the woman. But when I read through this, I just I just see sin in general, right? Um, talking about this woman and how she's enticing people to come to her house. And But if we just look at this for a minute as... Her is just being sin, right? It says, He hath taken a bag of money with him. Sorry, 7, verse 20. He hath taken a bag of money with him and will come home at the day appointed. With her sin, much fair speech, she caused him to yield. With the flattering of her lips, she forced him. He going after her sin, Straightway as an ox goes to the slaughter, or as a fool to the correction of the stocks. Till a dart strike through his liver, as a bird hasteth to the snare, and knoweth not that it is for his life. Hearken unto me now, therefore, O ye children, and attend the words of my mouth. 
Let not thine heart decline to her ways. Go not astray in her paths. For she has cast down many wounded, and many strong men have been slain by her. You know, we get to that point where we think, oh, I've been in church a long time, right? I've listened to the preaching. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I got, well, thank you, sir. I appreciate you. Um, we think, yeah, I've been, I've been here a long time. I've been in this church, been listening to the preaching. I've been praying. I've been serving. I've been, been doing all these things, right? There's no way, there's no way that sin's going to catch me up. It says, he goeth after her straightway as an ox goes to the slaughter or a fool to the correction of the stocks. Let not thine heart decline to her ways and go not astray in her paths. Our pride pops up and just says, it's not going to happen to me. Right? I'm not going to go down that path. I won't do it. Then that last verse says, many strong men have been slain by her. Her house is the way to hell, going down to the chambers of death. Many strong men. Men, mankind, right? Women too. The devil's tricky. And he puts his snares out there and he just, he just waits for some distracted, sleepy Christian. Go to Romans 13. Romans 13 and verse 11. It says, And that knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Good news is there. I don't know where everybody's at. I know where I've been. Um, I know that I was asleep. Some of y'all know my story. Some of you don't. But we can wake up. You can put on the Lord Jesus Christ. 
make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. That devil's sneaky. He's tricky. He's wily. But we can't blame it all on him. A lot of it is on us. What path are we walking? What are we enticed by? What's got us distracted? What's got our attention? Right? Are we going to let us get snared? That's kind of what it comes down to. If we're diligent and we're we're watching and we're not going down the path of everybody else, right? We got the light of Christ to light that path, to make those snares stand out. Then that devil's just out of luck, right? He's, uh, he's not going to get us. But if you have been sleeping, I just pray that you wake up. Verse 11, and knowing now that the time, sorry, and that knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. Some people have been sleeping a long time. Some people might not know that they're asleep. Prayerfully, some of y'all are still awake. Never went to sleep. But if you are, it's now high time to awake out of sleep. And put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ so that we can stand. Be not hearers of the word only, but doers. I think uh, I think I'm just going to stop right there. Thank you all. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for this evening. Lord, uh, I just thank you for, for this book. Lord, I thank you for your encouragement. Lord, I thank you for the promises that, that Lord, uh, if we are snared up, if we are asleep, Lord, you'll be there for us when we wake up. Lord, we can move on. God, that we can go on for you. Put the past in the past, Lord, and just push on. Continue the race for the mark of the high calling. God, I love you. I thank you. I thank you for all those that are here tonight. Lord, I pray that uh, you spoke to hearts, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.